above historic Belfont. And still in the smack dab center of the Keystone State, this is Lou Bryson with Seen Through a Glass, the podcast that's mostly about drinking in central Pennsylvania. Welcome to episode 20, Medium Twist in a Cone, all about soft serve. Ever since I was a kid, the thought of, let's go get ice cream, got me more excited than having a bowl at home. It meant a drive, getting out of the house, but most of all, to me, it meant soft serve ice cream, like you could never have at home. Did you want vanilla or chocolate? Vanilla was safe and rich and familiar. Chocolate was, well, chocolate, but never as satisfying as real chocolate. And then when the twist cone technology arrived, no more decisions needed. I'll both. I'll have both. Watching that magic machine create a tall, rippling tower of dessert atop a crisp little cone was just so hard to understand. It was like the striped toothpaste. How did it do that? But we didn't have time to think about it, because on those hot nights, the ice cream was already melting. Lick it, twirl it, chomp off a big bite. Get it down to the cone, crunch off the sides, and if the bottom got gushy and soft, just suck out the sweet melt juice and then pop that last bit in your mouth hole. Soft serve ice cream stands are some of the few things that are just like they were when I was young, 50 years ago. A small building, maybe even just a shack or a trailer, with teenagers building cones and making change. There was almost always food, too, simple stuff, like hot dogs, fries, and the burgers, those great ice cream stand burgers. That soft serve experience is what we're talking about this time. We'll ask a bona fide expert about what soft serve is, Dr. Bob Roberts, professor and department head of food science at Penn State, whose office sits above the beloved Berkey Creamery. Then we'll visit 10 central PA ice cream stands across six counties. I hope some of them are your favorites. I'm going to praise those burgers because my daughter Nora led me to a renewed appreciation of them. And then we'll make one of my family's favorite summer dishes, panzanella, the Tuscan salad of ripe tomatoes, onions, and stale bread. We also have a first on stag, the Rails and Ales Brewfest in Altoona, happening on August 19th, is offering a special discount on tickets to Seen Through a Glass listeners. I'll have the details on this benefit for the Altoona Community Theater for you at the end of the episode, including how to claim that discount. But first, well, this is normally where I'd say, here's what I'm drinking today. But we have a special guest today. I've been appearing on the web show, What's Brewing with Glenn Macnow, but we started taping a new season today. We were drinking beer floats and That seemed like an incredibly appropriate drink for this episode. So Glenn and I recorded this together. Enjoy. Hey, I'm digging this beer float on the set of What's Brewing PA, the web show about beer, hosted by WIP radio personality Glenn Macnow. Glenn's here with me. We're going to taste beer floats together. Hey, Lou. Hey, how you doing? Great. Uh, Today was our first first taping. We're at the Ship Bottom Brewery, uh, their beer garden in Linville Orchards, outside of media. Beautiful. You said you've been coming here for years. So I started coming to Linville when my kids, who are now in their 30s, were little kids, Doing the pumpkin thing and the shoe fly pie and everything in the fall, apple picking. Uh, and so now I'm coming as a, uh, well, as a host of a beer show. And they opened, they opened this beer garden three or four years ago. So. And this thing, it's like an open air barn, yeah, like a beautiful. round barn with, without the roof and it, then sails over it. Yeah, it's absolutely beautiful. The sails, you know, protected to some degree from the sun. They got eight beers on tap. Yeah. Uh, and it's absolutely outstanding. So you go, you pick the apples with the kids, you get exhausted. You send the kids in the maze, they get lost, you come down here and drink beer. Have a beer. It's a win-win. How could you lose? Yeah. Okay, so what we're drinking is, um, we're drinking beer floats. What, what's in yours? 
I have a beer ice cream float. It's vanilla ice cream, and I'm drinking the Ship Bottom Cider Donut Hard Cider, which works really well I would with imagine. this thing. Yeah. yeah, because you get the sweetness and the and tartness that's got the of the cinnamon cider. right in it. Yeah, and yeah. so I have their uh, coconut porter with vanilla, mm-hmm. and that sounds weird. I don't even like coconut, but I love this beer. Yeah, you did mention that, mm-hmm. um, and I do think that's great. So I've been making beer floats. Oh boy, that's rich. For a long time. Um, and I find that certain kind of beers really work. I love stouts. I love porters. Yeah. Uh, a nice fruit beer works in the that summer. Does work. Some would advise against IPAs, but I can always go with an IPA. Yeah. So it all works for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So these are, I mean, you get you get some of the beer flavor, but you're definitely getting the ice cream, and it's it's changing the body of the of the liquid. Yeah, it's it's sweet and it's smooth and it's really nice. And when the weather is warm. It's such a perfect way to enjoy it. Um, I know a lot of people think it's a weird combination. Yeah. I actually did a radio show about weird food combinations. <laughs> more people told me they would never try it than would. That's, huh. that's fine, Lou. More for me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, hey, here's the beer floats. Lou, always a pleasure, my friend. Cheers. Thanks, Glenn. Look, I'll be honest. There's not actually a lot of drinking in this episode for a podcast that's mostly about drinking in central Pennsylvania. That's a nice tie-in, right? Now it's time to dive into the soft serve headfirst. If you want to know about ice cream in central Pennsylvania, actually, if you want to know about ice cream on the East Coast, you want to talk to Dr. Bob Roberts, who developed the famous ice cream short course at Penn State. Bob was kind enough to agree to an interview on short notice to take me from cow to cone, as he put it. So let's get smart about soft serve before we hit the road and try some. Hey, I'm here with uh, Dr. Bob Roberts. He's a professor and department head of food sciences at Penn State University. Good morning. Good morning. Nice to meet you. Uh, good to be here. I mean, we're sitting right above the Berkey Creamery, so that's, that's a pretty good place to be. It's a great place to work. I came to talk to you about ice cream today. When the public talks about ice cream, I, well, I know when my wife talks about ice cream because she has very definite opinions about it, it's usually a... a talking between hard ice cream and soft ice cream when you're talking about the stands around here. Maybe there's frozen custard, frozen yogurt, starting to see some gelato pop up in the United States. Can you give us a quick rundown on the differences? Sure. Ice cream is a standardized product in the United States. So for a regular ice cream, it has to have at least 10% fat in it and uh, at least 20% total milk solid. So it's a standardized product. And the, so, when you say you're talking about government regulations? I mean government okay. regulations, right? They tell you what you can put in it <laughs> and how it has to be made. Uh, and then there's, so there's regular ice cream. And then there's low-fat and reduced-fat ice cream. Okay. Okay. And those are typically hard-packed. And in, in a hard-pack ice cream, actually, hard-pack ice cream starts out life looking like soft-serve ice cream. <laughs> and then it's frozen hard as uh, in, the, in what we call the hardening room after oh. it's manufactured. And then it's distributed frozen, so it has a longer shelf life. Oh, so it goes in those packages that we see in the store soft? Correct. Because it must to get in there, yeah. Correct. So when you're making ice cream, it looks like soft serve when you draw it out of the freezer, and then you put it in a package. It comes out of the freezer about minus, uh, oh, sorry, I'll use Fahrenheit. It comes out of the freezer about 19 degrees Fahrenheit, wow. where about 50% of the water is frozen. And then uh, it goes into a hardening system at about minus 30 degrees Fahrenheit, where the rest of the water is frozen. So in regular hard pack ice cream, two stages. Freezing in the ice cream freezer and um, 
and, and then packaging, and then hardening. Okay. In soft serve ice cream, there is only freezing in the ice cream uh -huh. freezer. So all of that freezing is going to be done only in the scraped surface freezer. So it's about the same texture as it would be uh, a hard pack prior to hardening, except maybe drawn a little bit lower in temperature, maybe 17 or 18 degrees, so you stays on the cone longer. Okay. Okay. And then when you talk about gelato, gelato can really mean anything. <laughs> gelato means frozen. Oh, okay. And so there are water ice gelatos, there are high fat gelatos, there are low fat gelatos. Most gelatos are a reduced fat ice cream or be categorized as a reduced fat ice cream with highly intense flavors and very low overrun, meaning the amount of mm. air that's added is pretty low. That was a, a term I came across for the first time. I was not not up on that. Overrun is, is food science magic. Okay. I take one gallon of the liquid mix, I make two gallons <laughs> of frozen product. <laughs> and it's just air. It's, well, I shouldn't say just air. It It's just air. It is an ingredient, and it changes the way the product eats. So it's not a bad or a good thing. It's right. a different thing. So if you look at, say, Ben & Jerry's and Haagen-Dazs, those products are going to be 20 to 30 or 40 percent overrun. So for every gallon of ice cream mix I make, I make 1.2 to 1.4 gallons of ice cream. Something like um, a store brand ice cream is going to be closer to 100 percent overrun. Wow. So for every gallon of ice cream mix, I make two gallons of ice cream. Soft, uh, higher overrun products are softer, less cold, a little bit less dense, way less caloric. Oh, when right. you look at uh, dense ice creams, they're um, more dense, colder eating, um, more satisfying, also more expensive because you've simply got more product more in the product. container. Yeah, yeah. We're focusing on soft serve. That's what we're really about. So um, one of the things that I wondered was, I mean, there's a, well, a lot of soft serve stands. There's, they're all over the place. We, I just drove all over them. Is that a regional thing in this area, or are they really everywhere? Soft serve is everywhere. Soft serve is around the world. Okay. Soft serve is ice cream on demand. Oh, okay. Uh, and it ranges, depends on where you are in the world and where you are in the country. I mean, there are products that are known affectionately as cold and white. They're whatever, you know, they, they, may, they may or may not be ice cream base. They may have milk and a non-dairy fat, lots of different products. But when you look at soft serve around the country, around the United States, it is typically a dairy product. Unless they tell you it's not a dairy product. Okay. And they range in fat level. So what's regional tends to be fat level. So most soft serves tends to be somewhere between 3 and 7% fat. Oh. Um, in some parts of the country, I grew up in Vermont, they have a product called Creamy. A creamy is uh, going to be around 10% fat. It's a real ice cream. Wow. It's been okay. frozen. So most soft serve is lower fat. And the reason for that is technical. The reason is that in the soft serve freezer, you pull the handle, you get ice cream every time, right? Well, when it's not pulling, it's keeping that product at a specific consistency. Oh, oh and you're making a swirling motion of your finger. It is and it's, agi there, it's right? agitating from okay. time to time, and I it will churn, that. right? And what will happen oh. is if you have a high-fat product, it will churn and get buttery. So literally churn. Literally churn. Yeah. And, and people find that disconcerting and, and, <laughs> and, a, and a problem in the texture. So a lower fat product doesn't do that. A higher fat product does. Uh, so okay. that's one of the reasons. But product will vary. It will and, and vary. That's a, that's a mechanical process, not a chemical process. No, it's a mechanical freezing yeah. process. Okay. It's right. a freezing process. So that ice cream is kept at partially in a partially frozen state in the freezer barrel all the time. Huh. Wow. Okay. We talk about the the fat content and what it does in it. Do, do places are places making this or are they buying it? I would say that. 
almost all soft serve operators are buying mix. Okay. There's two ways to do it. It depends on the size of your operation. Um, some places will make a take a powdered mix and rehydrate that. Um, they can rehydrate with either water or milk. And whether that's legal varies from state to state. Oh, the water or milk thing. Right. So, gotcha. it, so you can make soft serve from a, a dry base that you've uh, rehydrated. Most people are buying a mix. Okay. And they're buying a mix from a variety of manufacturers. They can be buying from a local manufacturer. Okay. They can be buying from a national manufacturer. A lot of places are buying from whatever Cisco is selling. They're, okay. they're buying. Um, you can get a high fat. You can get a low fat. You can get an all natural. You can get a yeah, no stabilizer. You so when I go to different places and the soft serve tastes different, that's not just in my head. No, it's, okay. it's likely not just in your head. That difference can be a result of the flavorings that they add. So oh. in many cases, they'll add flavor. They can actually doctor it right there. They can add flavor there. Okay. They can add flavorings. That's allowed. Huh. Um, so most of the time, you're going to get a vanilla and a chocolate uh, and maybe a third flavor if they've got um, more machines. And, and that's the limiting factor on the flavors, just the size and cost of the machines? So, so thinking about the mix, right? So the mix, the mix can vary in composition. It will have eggs. It won't have eggs. It will have vanilla. It won't have vanilla. It will have lots of vanilla. It will have cheap vanilla. It will have expensive vanilla. Okay. It will have lots of different things. And so you can vary that way. There are uh, bits of equipment that you can get to add to soft serve machines, add-on machines that will put a, a swirl in a soft serve mm. machine. They'll put crunchies in the soft serve. You can buy those, or you can get those equipment from some of the major manufacturers. Um, in terms of the limitations in flavors, uh, what we talk about is the number of barrels. How many freezer barrels do you oh, have? okay. Right? So if you have a vanilla barrel and a chocolate barrel, you can have an intermediate between those, which is a vanilla chocolate twist. Right. Okay. But if I want more flavors, I need more barrels. Vanilla barrel, chocolate barrel, strawberry barrel, maple barrel, you name your barrel. Yeah. Okay. The issue is, is that going to sell? Right. And then depending on what your state is, in many states, you're required to clean that freezer every day. Uh, and then you can drain that mix out. And in some states, you can you save that mix. And in other states, cool. you have to throw it away. So it can wow. become a really expensive proposition. Yeah. The frozen yogurt places had a hard time with that. Um, as they were having so many barrels, they were losing oh, so much product okay. as a result of that cleaning process. So one of the, the innovations in soft serve freezers is what's called the heat treatment. Right? So in that case, the, you wash the front end of the freezer, and then that mix is heated up and cooled down, and can be then the machine itself doesn't need to be washed every single day. Oh, so it's like a... It's like it's like a pasteurization, okay. but we call it a heat treatment because okay. pasteurization yeah. is a highly, okay. highly defined legal term. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, frozen custard. Mm -hmm. We talked about that. Is there a legal definition on that? Yes. So frozen custard is an uh, custard is an ice cream mix that contains at least one point four percent egg yolk solids. Okay. Not egg yolk. Egg yolk solids. Okay. So Can it's a lot more. That? So in, uh, let's say an egg yolk. Let's just say, for sake of argument, an egg yolk is fifty percent solids. And for people who are listening, I know it's not fifty percent. <laughs> okay. But right? So let's say it's fifty. An egg yolk is fifty percent solids. That would mean I need to add twice as much two egg yolks for every um, uh, part of egg yolk solids. Sorry. Oh. Oh. Okay. So if an egg yolk is, if I wanted to add a hundred grams of egg yolk solids, I'd need to add 200 grams of okay. egg yolk, okay. right? So it's the egg yolk solids because that's a fixed number. 
but uh, that changes the texture of the product a bit. That's the first thing about custard. So frozen custard has to have at least 1.4% egg yolk solids. Okay. And then if you're in the Midwest and you're looking at Culver's or you're looking at some of the big custard custard king and custard products out that way, custard is actually a, sort of a hybrid between hard pack ice cream where you freeze, package, and harden mm-hmm. and soft serve ice cream where you freeze and eat. The custard product is going to be drawn out of what's called a modified continuous freezer, and it's going to come out at a much lower temperature. It's going to come out at maybe um, maybe 10 degrees Fahrenheit, so it's going to be hard and low overrun, but it's generally served fresh, so it's dipped soft. That's what we, we went to the Meadows on Saturday, mm-hmm. and that was, that was the first time I'd ever seen that done. Right, and that technique also. So the, the egg yolks give you a specific flavor profile and a texture, and then you also get that experience of the, of the uh, frozen under the, uh, with the modified freezer. Mm-hmm. So yeah, those are the differences with custard, really. Okay, all right. right. I always, I mean, I used to think it was just a fancier name, but it's a, it's a real thing. Well, the other fancy name for custard is French ice cream. Ah, okay. So French vanilla. <laughs> French vanilla has to have at least one point four percent egg yolk solids. Gotcha. In it. Okay. All right. Last question, really. I mean, we we. Got through things pretty well here. And I get the same thing with American cheese. Is it really cheese? Is soft serve really ice cream? Soft serve can be really ice cream. Ah. Right? So uh, I mentioned cold and white. Right. Right. So you can have a non-dairy fat with non-dairy solids or with dairy solids, and you can have a very inexpensive frozen soft serve frozen dessert. Okay. Okay. And as long as it's labeled as that... If it's in a restaurant, it might not be labeled, right? It might be, okay, well, here's your dessert choice. You can get this or this or this, and you can go draw your own soft serve. Um, In a typical um, place where you might expect uh, soft serve, um, say a McDonald's, a Burger King, a Dairy Queen, those kinds of operations, uh, most restaurants will have some kind of soft serve. That is an ice cream. Often it's a low-fat ice cream. So if it's reduced fat or it's low fat, okay, or full fat ice cream, but it is ice cream, right? It's, uh, and so, yes, it's ice cream. Okay. All right. I just like to get that down there. Yep. Okay. Um, well, thank you. Appreciate it. My pleasure. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, All set? Okay. Yeah, we'll talk to you again. Excellent. All right. Good luck. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> That's how it's made. I'm really glad that Dr. Bob confirmed that every stand can definitely taste different, because I think they do, and I was afraid it was all in my head. It's nice to have that confirmation. Now, before we drive off to the different soft serve experiences, let's talk about cones. The basic soft serve cone is usually the Joy Cake Cone, the familiar light brown crisp wafer cone in a variety of sizes and shapes. Joy also makes sugar cones, chocolate-dipped cones, cones in different colors, waffle cones, chocolate-coated waffle cones, and waffle bowls. They even have gluten-free cones. Joy has a dominant position in the market. Over 40% of the cones used in America are Joy cones. Their next largest competitor is only at 14%. Joy is a Pennsylvania company based way out in Hermitage, just east of Sharon. Cones are for soft serve. Even a toddler can handle them. But you'll want your soft serve in a cup if you're a dog, like our Corgi Pippin. Pippin loves his pup cups. 
Almost every soft serve stand offers a pup cup, a small cup of vanilla soft serve with a dog biscuit tucked in it. Sometimes free, sometimes for a small charge. I've never seen a dog turn one down. Now, let's go get ice cream. We went to 10 different places, not all in one day or even in one weekend. That would be nuts. We did go to five in one day, though, and it was nuts. Great drive, though, down through the ridges and fields and woods in Huntingdon and Blair counties, then back up through Center and Clinton. We're going to start at the Purple Cow outside of Lewisburg. It's a familiar look, one we'll see a lot of. Small building, stand of trees, a couple picnic tables by the side of a two-lane road. Purple Cow has your usual vanilla and chocolate, but they also run flavors that rotate through weekly. They'll have the flavors of the week out on their roadside sign. I stuck with the usual vanilla chocolate twist cone. Purple Cow is good on the rich side, and that day it was keeping well ahead of the heat. It was a good, firm stack. Head west on Route 45 through Mifflinburg, and you'll come to Chili Willie's, just outside of Hartleton. They hustle it here, and they get you your ice cream double quick. It's become a favorite of ours, well worth the trip up over Winkleblink Mountain. The stack sits a bit fatter and squatter here, not prone to fall over like some, and I like that, a lot. The food's supposed to be good here too, but I'll admit, I've only been here for the soft serve. <laughs> Two valleys north, and you're in Mill Hall, where Fishing Creek winds its way through town. The Mill Hall Ice Shack is right by the creek, with a nice stand of shady pine trees and a great playground for the kids. It was busy when we stopped in, kids all wanted to pet Pippin, with a range of folks all enjoying soft serve. Big families, small families, old couples, quite a few bikers unabashedly enjoying a cone in their leathers. The Ice Shack also has good soft serve. The chocolate flavor was particularly intense, but they also have the Flavor Burst machine, which injects flavoring as the soft serve is being dispensed. It's literally like the striped toothpaste I mentioned earlier, because the brightly colored flavorings, neon green, sky blue, raspberry red, somehow only appear along the ripples on the ice cream. The fresh cone looks like a glowing web of color on the vanilla tower. Cool, but I find it much better to look at than to eat. I stuck to straight vanilla. <laughs> Off again, down State Route 150, and just on the other side of Howard, at the woodsy southwest end of Bald Eagle State Park, is another little classic, the Twin Kiss. Twin Kiss, you may remember, as an early soft-serve and root beer franchise. If you've ever been to one of Central New York's beloved Tom Wall's burger places, Tom Wall started out as a Twin Kiss franchisee. I can't find anything on Twin Kiss as a franchisor. It appears that all the remaining ones, Pennsylvania, Maryland, and New York, are now independent. The Howard Twin Kiss sure is, and their soft serve is, in my opinion, exceptional. The ice cream is deliciously rich, creamy, and flavorful. We like to sit down by the trees so Pippin can sniff the sniffs. Just five more miles down the road is Big D's Cones and Shakes, just off Route 150 across the bridge from Milesburg. Big D's is actually in a big food trailer, backed into an open shed-like structure with stairs, a little dining area, and the counter. It's kind of ingenious, and I assume it can travel. The girls inside were friendly, and it's clearly a popular spot. The ice cream was good, if not a standout, and they did have the rainbow sprinkles Nora asked for. Now, last Saturday was the day Nora, Pip, and I hit the road on our soft-serve marathon. It was another of the relatively cool days we've been having lately. Great traveling weather. The first stop was along Route 22, across the Frankstown branch of the Juniata from the little town of Alexandria at Pisano's Italian Restaurant. 
I wouldn't normally have spotted that, but the folks on the Foodies of State College Facebook group recommended it, noting that it's Pisano's Italian restaurant and Dairy Treat. Clever camouflage. No outside counter window here. You have to go in to order, at which time the fantastic smells of the pizzeria and grill will hit you, and you realize that you really should have something to eat with that cone. <laughs> we succumbed and split a burger. Yes, we split it like we shared the ice cream that day. As my brother-in-law Carl said when we went barbecue hunting in North Carolina, it's not a sprint, it's a marathon. It was a good call. The burger? Well, we're going to talk about burgers shortly. The ice cream was good and hit all the necessaries. Creamy in texture, rich in flavor, and not at all melty till we got down into cone territory. My finger scooped a little vanilla off for Pip. He liked it too. The next place, well, the next place was our favorite. It was well off the beaten path, and their chocolate machine was broken, so all we could get was vanilla, but wow. The soft serve at the Lauer Trail Creamery in Williamsburg was exceptional. Rich vanilla flavor and firm consistency served in a crackling fresh cone in a nice setting down a side street of this little town, right beside the Lauer Trail. That's spelled L-O-W-E-R, and it's a great trail. The group of older cyclists who were taking a break on the trail made much of Pippin, and he loved them back till I put his pup cup down. Then he was all business. He loved that stuff. We went to the Meadows Frozen Custard next, the original store in Duncansville. It looks like an old-school ice cream palace. A lot of neon, and the guys behind the counter wore uniform white tunics and squared-off soda jerk caps. It was fun. But I guess I've never actually had frozen custard before, because as Dr. Bob and I mentioned in the interview... They scooped the soft serve. Never seen that before. They had two extra flavors available, chocolate pistachio and banana. I'm allergic to pistachios, and banana just didn't sound appealing, so I stuck to the old vanilla and chocolate. Scoop of vanilla on the bottom, scoop of chocolate on the top. It was a bit melty, but it didn't really drip that much. More like glossy, maybe? Anyway, we liked it. The texture was kind of between soft serve and hard ice cream, and the flavor was rich. The serving was generous, too. Both of us noticed just a hint of a yogurty tang to it. There was a frozen yogurt machine right next to the chocolate. No, 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 there may have been some scoop overlap, because the vanilla scoop on the bottom didn't taste that way. It wasn't a big deal, and we tore into it. We drove up through southern Altoona. This looks like Levittown, Nora said, and, and it did, kinda. And then we found the frosty cow tucked into a shady pull-off on 6th Avenue, just north of the Knickerbocker Tavern. If you haven't listened to the Altoona episode yet, download it after this one. There's a great interview at the Knickerbocker and plenty more Altoona stuff. This was where I finally broke down and got something other than vanilla or chocolate. The Frosty Cow had blueberry cheesecake soft serve. It was good. Nora thought it might have been better as just blueberry, and she might be right, but every other person who was there while we were got blueberry cheesecake too. There were purple cones everywhere. This must have been a bit colder, maybe it was a slow time of day before we got there, because it was quite firm. I was able to clip a chunk off and feed it to Pippin, who didn't care at all that it wasn't vanilla. <laughs> we hit one more place the next day when Kathy came back from New York. The Coldstream Creamery is in Phillipsburg, across from Coldstream Dam, and right beside the We Are Inn. Nora cajoled us into having dinner, so we all started with burgers. Again, burgers shortly. Promise. Coldstream offered two dozen flavors of soft serve, but I didn't see a bunch of machines. That's when I was introduced to the 24-flavor system. Really, that's what they call this combination of syrups and machine. 
I got a German chocolate cone to watch it work. The girl behind the counter dispensed some vanilla into a metal cup, added flavoring syrup, put the cup in a chamber in a manual mixer. She worked a lever to blend the flavor, then added more soft serve and did it again. Then she put the cup in a second chamber, which dispensed it through what I guess is a flexible valve in the bottom of the cup. The result was maybe a bit more melty than regular soft serve would be, but it was solid enough and tasted like a damn German chocolate cake, coconut and all. Pretty tasty and fun to watch. There's a picture of it on the Stag Podcast Instagram. Have a look. Well, that was fun. We got ice cream. Now let's have a burger. And then we'll all go on a diet. I would have liked to play Jimmy Buffett's Cheeseburger in Paradise there, the rhythm break near the end where he hollers, I like mine with lettuce and tomato, Heinz 57 and French fried potato, but, you know, licensing. I am here to stake a claim, the proposition that the ice cream shack is the classic American cheeseburger's last stand. Nora brought me to it. When we stopped at Paisano's, she said, I want one of those good ice cream stand burgers. And I thought, yeah, okay, whatever. But when she unwrapped it, man, that smell just took me back. So when she floated the idea of getting burgers at Coldstream, I was all in. She and Kathy got Reuben burgers with Swiss cheese, Thousand Island dressing, and sauerkraut. I got the Mountain Burger, your basic lettuce, tomato, onion, cheeseburger with some mustard. Because like the soft serve, I wanted it in its pure form, and man, did I ever get it. Nora waited for them inside and then brought a brown paper bag out to the car and started handing out the fat, hot packets of food to everyone. I peeled back the wrapper on mine. There was a big round roll with dark brown crust, not soft, but no Kaiser roll either. And inside was half a pound of pure Americana burger, the smash burger, before it got smashed, which just means less good American beef, you know hot and caramelized, a little crunchy on the outside, and steamy juicy on the inside. The lettuce, onion, and tomato were thick and still out of the fridge cold, crisp and tasty. And the whole thing wrapped up in foil paper, munched out of your hand just like that. Damn. No table, no plate, no napkin, no problem. Fast food burgers are soft and standardized. Bar burgers are dressed up and kind of dandified. Brewpub burgers have all kinds of weird stuff on them. Nora's right. The Ice Cream Shack burger is still true, same as it ever was. Go get one. Eat it standing up. Then have a cone. I love Ice Cream Shack burgers. Hey, you want a side for that burger? How about our favorite tomato salad, panzanella? It's an Italian-inspired thing that used to be onions, bread, olive oil, and spices, because it predates the popularization of tomatoes in Italy sometime in the 1700s. Then they added tomatoes, and wow, it's great. It's really simple, too. We started making it about six years ago when the CSA we belonged to had a huge tomato harvest. I found a recipe, we tried it, and loved it. You can buy croutons, but it's better if you make them. Cut up a loaf of good solid bread, a sourdough or something like that, into inch cubes, about four cups. Put them on a baking sheet, drizzle them with olive oil, salt and pepper to taste. Toss it gently to spread the oil around and then put them in a 400 degree oven, maybe 12 minutes. Take them out and put them aside to cool. Now chop up a variety of ripe, fresh summer tomatoes, about five cups worth. 
Combine in a large bowl with red wine vinegar and more olive oil, about one part vinegar, two parts oil, a quarter cup of diced shallots or red onion, if you want it more zesty, and a minced garlic clove. Dust it with black pepper and stir. Allow that to sit for 10 minutes. Now, combine the tomato mixture with the croutons and let that sit for at least half an hour, stirring occasionally to bring the wet croutons up to the top. Tear up fresh basil leaves and sprinkle them on the salad as you serve it. It's summer in a bowl. Let's talk about that Altoona Beer Festival. The Rails and Ales Brew Fest is 3 p.m. to 6 p.m. at Heritage Plaza in Altoona on August 19th. There will be live music, food trucks, three wineries, a distillery, and yes, over 80 different craft beers to sample. The fest benefits the Altoona Community Theater. What about that discount I promised you? The Brewfest is offering $5 off the $35 general admission to stag listeners. Buy your ticket online at railsandalesaltuna.com, no spaces, and use the promo code seen through a glass. Again, no spaces to get your discount. Should be that simple. Again, order tickets online and use the promo code seen through a glass. Thanks to the Brewfest for that bump for the listeners. And that's the show. My thanks to Dr. Bob Roberts for the interview. I really appreciate you taking the time. And thanks again to my daughter, Nora, for reintroducing me to the All-American Cheeseburger. You can find pictures of most of these places on Instagram at Stag Podcast and on Facebook at Seen Through a Glass, where you'll find pictures and links and ways to contact me. Please consider subscribing to get notice of new episodes. If you like the show, please take a moment and drop a rating or review. Even better, tell your friends. Thanks. I do have a coffee button set up in my Instagram link tree, Twitter profile, uh, I mean my X profile, both are at Lou Bryson, and at the Seen Through a Glass Facebook page and blog. If you like the show, rather than a paid subscription, this is an easy way to drop me a few bucks to help keep this going. Pay for tips for bartenders, guests with a Subaru, and a couple beers. Thanks to those of you who have already donated. You can always message me directly on social media to let me know what you liked on an episode, what could be improved, and what Central Pennsylvania drinks and food producers you'd like to hear from. Frogs are often found in three places, water, trees, and throats. The next episode? Do you want another town visit? Maybe Bedford or Huntington? Or how about coffee roasters, which abound in Central Pennsylvania? Let me know what you want. We'll see what happens. Until then, thanks for listening. This is Lou Bryson on Seen Through a Glass from the smack dab center of the Keystone State. <laughs>